welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rumor Tower, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Bobanuda, Bobanuda.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we have a very special guest joining us here on the show today, and that will be Callie Mojo Girl in Sacramento, California, bringing us today's topic on bibliomancy. Now, afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rupert, as divine and described by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Kat? Hi. Thank you, Papa Newt. Glad to hear that you are surviving the blizzard uh, out yes. there. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon, yeah, I get that. How many uh, inches of snow fell? Um, I'm going to guess with what we got last night, maybe about eight inches on top of the additional four to five we got earlier in the week <laughs> last week. So oh my gosh. Well, um, you know, I, I lived in the Midwest very briefly at two different times in my life. And um, the weird thing about snow for someone from California like me is like, you can't believe how fast it piles up. And it's, it yeah. is like snowmageddon. And then the sun comes out. The air warms up, and it all goes away, leaving no trace of itself. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful phenomenon. It's it's a remarkable natural phenomenon. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm used to it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we have only so, so many more days left or weeks until spring, and even then it's not a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well... Right, and we're having um, Chinese New Year, so happy Chinese New Year to everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, they're they're out there in, uh, uh, you know, dancing the lion dance in San Francisco and all. Um, so, you know, we all mark our, um, our uh, calendars differently, and the melting mm-hmm. of the snow is a, is a marker. Well, I'm glad you're all safe. Uh, that's what I wanted to hear. Um, so um, I'm going to catch everybody up on what I'm doing here. Um, right now, I am not in the chat room if you were looking for me. Um, I will be there hopefully soon. Skype has had a little Adobe Flash Player update meltdown. and um, I'm not Skype, rather, um, Blog Talk Radio. Actually, it's just Adobe Flash has had a little Flash meltdown. So I'm just sitting here with Shiva leaning over me. Hi. Hi, um, with his with his um, with his reading glasses on, staring at the screen, trying to make me be in chat by sheer willpower. We'll find out if it works. He's going to make it happen, even if he has to get me a new computer, because that's the kind of guy he is. He's now leaning over. I can't even see the screen anymore. He's actually leaning over me and typing. It's really crazy. And um, 
let's see. My news of the week is the um, Secret of Numbers Revealed is now in its final production stages. We're adding all the pictures. Our dear friend, comrade, fellow traveler, <clears throat> Gray Wolf, or Gray Townsend Wolf, or whatever we want to call it. He's He's in the midst of changing his name, folks. And mm-hmm. um, this book cannot come at a better time because one of the whole chapters in the book on numerology is how to change your name. Great. And he just told me that um, in every variant of his name, including his birth name and every other variant, he's considered all work out to nine. It's like no matter what he does, his name works out to nine. So I told him, it's a sign. Your name has got to be nine no matter what you choose. But anyway, um, he and I were working together earlier today on the um, uh, cover art for the reprint of the book Deliverance by Kai Armand. This is a book we've had in print for a while, Who Do Spells of Uncrossing, Healing, and Protection. And um, that cover has always been hard to read for people. <clears throat> it's it's just a cover that the, that the type doesn't pop and, and you know, it's all good, it's all good, parts but it doesn't like really you know when you see it on a spinner rack you go what is that what is that title because it's sort of yellow against orange so um we redesigned the cover this morning and um you know for all of you completists out there i'm channeling stanley now for all of you fanatic completists out there you're going to need a copy of this new edition with the new cover because it's a variant cover fans (laughs) yeah right you know what I'm talking about, Ali. You've been a comics fan. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Right. right. So the variant cover will be out soon. That's going to press probably um, around the same time as the numerology secret of numbers revealed gets um, proofread. We're in the proofreading stages of that. Um, but um, uh, Deliverance just only needs a – this will be the third edition, and, boy, it'll look different. So it'll be a trip. Um can't see what else um, is happening here that would be of a great interest to people other than um, we're pretty much right on time fulfilling orders, doing very well. And um, we are, um, oh, and I got a report. Deacon Millen and I had a conversation this morning on the um, Secrets of the Crystal Silence League. We're doing a lot of secrets books this year. Secrets of the Crystal Silence League book, which is a compilation of our um our old um, Personal Lessons and Codes of the Crystal Silence League by uh, Claude Alexander Conlon, and then our new, uh, later, Crystal Gazing book by Conlon. Those are being compiled into one book. It's going to be a 96-page book. And so Deacon Millet and I spent a good hour and a half this morning going over that project. He's in charge of that project. So we are, we are in book land 100% right now. So that's it for me. How about you, Ollie? What's up in your world? Well, things are things are going quite well. Um been doing a lot of kind of love work. I think it's the remnants of just kind of February and Valentine's Day. Um, and that's been quite interesting. I always enjoy doing love work because it always makes the house smell nice. All the love products, incenses oh, yeah. and oils and whatnot, the house smells lovely. It smells of roses and it smells of all the kind of great scents that come with uh, love products. So I do enjoy doing that work, but um, it, it's it's definitely, uh, you know, in theme with Valentine's Day. You know, it passed already, but people are still like, well, so-and-so hasn't shown up or I haven't found my true love. Can we do some love work? I want new love before next Valentine's Day. And so I'm like, all right, this is this is perfectly in season 
why not? <laughs> so it's been well, fun doing you know, that work. You just, you just pointed out something real important to me, too. I give my clients cutoffs times you know if uh-huh, he's not yeah, with you thanks. by new year's give it up if he's yeah. not with you by valentine's day and valentine's day is a very good cutoff yeah. because yeah. even the most laggardly lovers should mm-hmm. acknowledge it it's an excuse to indulge in love yeah. right whether they make a date to have sex whether they go out mm-hmm. for a fun dinner and have sex whether they go mm-hmm. to a, a movie together or stay in and and play a video game on the couch with one another something is usually done to mark valentine's day and often yeah. a gift and so what i tell my clients if if okay if it's you know if, if it's not going to happen if where are you going to spend valentine's day and where's your lover going to spend valentine's day mm-hmm. oh he's with mm-hmm. his ex well if he's with his ex on valentine's day lady you lost you know <laughs> You lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that means exactly what you said. Right after Valentine's Day is what I call the great regrouping, right? Yes, exactly. This is when people are like, <laughs> okay, the cutoff date has passed. Now what do I do? What's That's next? Right. <laughs> right. And it could be. It's not always bad either. The cutoff date no. happened. He did show up for Valentine's Day, uh, and everything is good. Now can I build on that? And mm-hmm, when is exactly. the next when is the next date we're going to aim for? Is it going to be the 4th of July? Is it going to be your birthday, his birthday? Mm-hmm. You know, I look at these um tasks of of uh, as a job, a job of work, you know, spell casting mm-hmm. is a job of work mm-hmm. for me. And I look at it and I go, okay, where's my next date? And um and it's not always grim. It's not always like you lose, but it but it definitely can be. Let's take it to the next level by that date. So Valentine's Day is a turning point for good mm-hmm. or for not so good. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. very important um, time to work on love work. And spring, of course, I always thought Valentine's Day comes a little early. I mean, you know, look at poor Papa Newt's under six feet of snow or something <laughs> out there, you know. And, and we're talking about love, love, and roses. Right? <laughs> Yeah, right. So, um so it's always I I give um the spring equinox uh as another, you know, the 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 little baby goats are frisking around in the yard and it all looks like pretty uh pretty nice, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's another time that I consider as a the beginning of uh, especially fertility work. All right. Well, um, I hate to report I am still not in the chat room because um oh, my dear, dear Nagashiva is still typing away and trying to get me in and he's trying different browsers and we're having a complete failure of technology at this time. So I'm um, going to just just pretend I'm typing, okay? Pretend I'm in the chat room <laughs> with you. I, I hate to be not there. I feel sort of like left out of it. But I'd like to um, bring in our um, guest. So this is an unusual guest and um and I'm going to just set this up a little bit. Kelly Mojo girl has been a member of our chat circle for quite a while and um has always had wonderful relevant uh interesting commentary. I call her mm-hmm. a, a grand kibitzer. Um <laughs> she has she's um she's not a person who is, you know, like um part of the usual group that get on this show, but uh, she's been with us so long and had so many interesting things to say that I 
really am looking forward to having her here as a guest. So welcome, Callie Mojo Girl. Welcome. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. I can hear me? Okay, I'm sorry mm-hmm. about all the background noise. Um, I had I couldn't uh, do this at home, so I had to come to Starbucks. So these are the lovely Starbucks customers and music. So I'll meet well, myself. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to say here, we do have some sound issues. This is a problem. Um, I try myself to stay in a closed room when I get on the radio, and I recommend it highly. So we're going to bear with it. But the sound is a little muffled. Try to speak clearly. The high tones are coming through better than the low tones, if that means anything. I will. Okay. Okay. All right. So Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really, really um, very honored. Well, I'm very glad to have you. So let us know um, uh, a little bit about yourself before we start, okay? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you came from, what you do. Well, um, let's see. Uh, my father's from where uh, Mr. Co Meadows resides in over in Mobile, Alabama. And my mother's from Japan. And so it creates a very interesting kaleidoscope of consciousness, <laughs> to put it mildly. And I think that that is a, a good thing. I came into divination. It kind of fell into my lap, and I did readings for a few years. And um, and that's why I really liked the show. Um, when I started listening to the show in about, I don't know, 2013 or so, there was a, a lot more people in there. We, we were like all like doing little mini readings in the chat room. <laughs> so that's kind of how I started, um, you know, participating regularly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you've been a lo- but you're a long time reader, right? I I would say from about twenty about ten years about ten years, but mm-hmm. you know just officially. But prior to that, it's you know. It's kind of the usual routine work, uh, situation where you, you see things and hear things and nobody else is seeing and hearing them and you kind of tuck it down away, you know. Yeah. So yeah. so um, let me ask you a couple other questions. So you come from a multicultural background, as you explained. Yes, um, and um, and as a as a reader, do you use that multicultural background or do you stick with what one system or another, or do you kind of like uh, relate to all of the ancestral um, threads there? Well, I think in both, um, you know, the, the African side of my culture and the Asian side, it, I saw, I found a lot of similarities. There's a whole lot of similarities. They're not so different as they seem. And one of the biggest similarities is uh, an uh, appreciation for ancestors. That's mm-hmm. a really big thing in Asia. And as you all know, it's a big, uh, very big thing in Africa, mm-hmm. Africa and all the diasporic um, African religions. So I fell into that um, very easily because um, it just made sense, you know, from both of my backgrounds. And I think there's a lot of other factors um, that play... Um, just that alone is kind of a big factor because, you know, you grow up knowing that there's um, there's consciousnesses around you that you can't see, you know, and you honor those consciousnesses. Mm-hmm. And, and so I grew up, you know, that way. My mom was always, you know, talking about ancestors. And so I think, um, yeah. I think they just, yeah, they both feed into each other, I think. 
That's a, mm. that's a very interesting thing. I, I do remember when I was in Japan going into a shop that the entire shop was a place that they made little memorial stones that you put on your home altar for different yeah. ancestors. They're like little portable gravestones. I guess I don't know what they call them, but they have, you know, but, but, um, they, you know, you you have a set of them for your ancestors on your home altar, and I thought that is so interesting to me. And I saw the reverence mm-hmm. there for the ancestors mm-hmm. and their names. They were, and these it was an old husband and wife, and he was the stone carver, and these were made of stone. He carved the names of everybody. You know, it was it was in a, a whole store just dedicated to that in a little town in the countryside in in Japan, not something mm-hmm. in a big city. And I was just, I was really touched by the attention to detail that was paid to create these little markers. And the lady who was with me told me that um, the size of the marker you got expressed both the distance of this ancestor and how, what, what, um, where your order was in the sibling mm. rank. Uh, yeah. In other words, the first That's very important. Yeah. And it was like, wow, it was almost like having a family tree. On your altar, it's amazing. Yes. I was I was so impressed with that. And yes. then and you know, then you take that. And, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh huh. Um, I was just thinking uh, when you were describing those stones of the movie. I mean, the cartoon Mulan. Yeah. And the Disney uh-huh. cartoon. Yes. And so she had a lot of interaction. Like they they had they had an actual room. Like it was mm-hmm. off. I think it was off off side of the main house, and they had all the stones there in Japan has this uh, traditional Japanese culture has a similar um, thing like mm-hmm. that where it's actually a room or, you know, at least an altar, if not a complete room, mm-hmm. exactly like you were mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it was really interesting. and it, But it does, you know, you can actually kind of almost map us on African-American culture, which actually is it takes place at a real physical graveyard. But it's it's there. There's a similarity that is. Um, I understand what you're saying. Um, and what I really appreciated about Hoodoo was it, uh, when I discovered, you know, a path that that also appreciated ancestors. It, I was like, wow! I'm finally, you know, I felt I felt like I was home. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, our topic today, th- thank you very much for sharing that, because um, although you are not the first half African-American, half Japanese person I've met, you're probably less than, than less than 10 I've met in my life. So it's, <laughs> it's a, <laughs> and I, I know from talking, this came about because your father was stationed in Japan, right? And Correct. Yeah. And met and fell in love with yes. your mom in in Japan, right? Yes. This is this is not uncommon, but it's but it is unusual. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah. I'm I'm you know you bring something unique to the table with that interesting cultural background. Now you brought up a topic, and this is a topic yeah. called bibliomancy, and and as you called it, um, libermancy or just bookmancy. Yes. Mancy meaning divination. And this is yep. about the use of books to to tell fortunes, to tell uh, in, to getting insights, to tell the future, and to also read what's going on with people. Um, I think yep. most people are are commonly aware that the um, Bible is used that way, and certainly Miss Michael, who um, is in the chat room right now, shout out to Miss Michael. 
uh, the co-author mm-hmm. of Hoodoo Bible Magic, um, yeah. she's, she uses scriptural bibliomancy often and yeah. has used it on the show. But um, I'd like you to talk about the concepts behind finding a fortune or a future or a reading in a book. Talk, talk to us about it. Yes, well, uh, I was thinking of, um, oh, I don't have the book in front of me, but I was just looking at your um, your candle spell book, and there was a, a sentence there, and it was talking about the, the flow, the ebb and flow or something of energy. I, I wish I had it in front of me. But a lot of times um, when we're doing a reading or we have a question, you know, we're putting out to the universe or to whomever, um, and we use, uh, we can use a book uh, or any kind of written material and it will, the energy of it will, it's almost, it's almost, it makes me think of doctrine of uh, signatures and the energy Mm -hmm. of that passage, it'll be like the passage may say, you know, in essence, don't do it. Or the passage may say, oh, definitely do this. And the passage, of course, it won't be about, you know, whatever our problem is, but it's just the energy of that passage, the way it's written and, um, you know, that gives us guidance. And so this has been one of the oldest forms of divination. And, you know, when I was studying this topic, I didn't. I knew the Bible was used quite a bit, but I didn't know the Quran was used a lot. The mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The, the Islamic, Whoa. yeah. And oh, oh man, it was. Uh, they have a whole protocol, and that's something I would uh, I would encourage listeners to to um, you know do some research on. I was amazed. This it's a whole thing. I mean, it's like certain people can do it, and certain passages of certain books. It's like a really very organized uh, bibliomancy tradition. Um, well, you know, in uh, in Jungian terms, um, uh, this is called synchronicity, things that happen mm-hmm. at the same time, that things are linked, um, mm-hmm. um, that um, two distant things or people um, are linked if you just, if you put your head in the right space and, and um pick the right book and open it up, you'll find that it's it's sometimes referred to as frac- the fractal universe. In other words, everything is mm-hmm. a, a, or ho- a, like a hologram. Everything is a part of everything else. Um, so mm-hmm. it replicates at, at different level. And But you just have to be able to read it. Um, and um, I, I find that one of the things that I do when I'm um, going to pull a book off a shelf. I don't have the Bible with me. I'm not going to be using the Bible. I'm just going to pull a book off a shelf. I often will be let myself be guided by things like the color of the spine, um, thickness of the book, um, and uh, and if I know what the you know I'm very nearsighted. I have to explain here. I can't read the titles on a book um, when I'm more than about. 12 inches away, no matter how big the title is. I can't read it. So I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of books memorized. Oh, that book has that spine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I'm can. i looking at my Harry Hyatt books. Well, they're gray. I mean, I go, oh, those are big, fat gray books, you know. And um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, like I've got another, you know, 45 books, on, 50 books on the shelf. I can't tell what they are at all. So part of it is like letting yourself be guided, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh then once you've done that, then you have to you, you you pause and you think, where am I going to open this thing? Front, middle, back? Am I going to thumb mm-hmm. through it? There are many ways to do it. Tell us how you do it. Yes. Um, 
were you asking me? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. I like to just um, hold it, hold the book with one hand, you know, say say a lot of prayers before I even start, you know, pray to mm-hmm. my ancestors to give me guidance. And I also find what helps is to pray that any spirits that are, that don't, shouldn't be in the room be escorted out. I found mm-hmm. that that made a big difference mm-hmm. in my reading. And then um, I let it fall where it may, and I just drop my finger somewhere, and I go with the uh, with the energy of the passage. And I wanted to say um, this can be done with like any book; it doesn't just have to be the Bible. But I do have an old Bible that has been with me since about 1986, <laughs> and I just I that Bible is accompanied me to church so many times and traveled across many miles that I have a very strong energetic connection to it. So that's my favorite book. And the book that's in the slideshow there um, for the show, uh, that's very, I tried to get a picture to Nagashiva, but I didn't get it to him in time. But he just intuitively used this picture with the red, a beat up red uh, leather cover on it. And I was like, that's perfect because that's exactly what my Bible looks like. (laughs) <laughs> and um yeah and i've just i've had amazing bibliomancy um experiences with it and one thing that i've learned is if you're going to ask for guidance you have to accept the guidance that you get and there's uh-huh. been um for instance one time where um there was this individual and he was um he was he was in a house, uh, he was actually a person's son, and it was an elderly lady, and he was doing drugs in the house, which can be construed as um, elder abuse, and I wanted to use some sort of hot foot thing, you know, I was just all ready to just get down and funky with it, but I did, um, I did a bibliomancy read, and the, I can't, I, I don't have in front of me what the scripture was, but basically the scripture was, the scripture told me to let that person's angels around her and her guides and her and her uh, ancestors do the work and just uh, step back and let them do the work. You put the word out. They got it. They're going to do it. And it was really hard for me not to do anything because I was like, oh, I got to do it. I got to do it, you know. But that's what the read said. And sure enough, um, and this woman was a very God-fearing woman. So, you know, this woman had decades and decades of, you know, a good life behind her and, and lots of prayers and, you know, raising children. So she had a really good spiritual entourage around her. And all it mm-hmm. took was somebody to just give it a little push and um, encourage her spiritual entourage. And that guy got, um, sure enough, one of the family members not too long after that, um, I helped a little. I took some pictures and showed them what was going on in the house, and the family members had the uh, sheriff come and remove that person. And I didn't have to do anything really, you know, not what I was preparing to do. Because if you if you can get something done without doing a whole lot of spell work, you know, I believe in an economy of energy, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what you said was what struck me when you said you have to accept the guidance you get. This is yes. something that happens when people read um, cards for themselves. 
They'll say, well, I'll just throw another three cards, or I'll just cut that deck again and pull another. Um, the same is true with books. And I had a, a woman, I've mentioned her many times, Mrs. Hare, uh, a woman from Louisville, Kentucky, an, an older woman, and she taught me uh, bibliomancy. She only used the Bible. But she mm-hmm. told me that she had a little out, I called it. If, if she <laughs> would pull up um, what she called the begats, you know, when Malachi begat ten sons and their names were blah, 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 blah. and You know what I mean? It just goes on and on and on. She said, if you open it up to the begats, you can do it again. That was her out. (laughs) Because uh, it's going to beget another chance. Yeah, you just beget another. Exactly. If you get to the beget, you get to have. You get another. You get a free spin. (laughs) 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 Well, there's one thing I learned from you, Miss Cat. Was um, yes, it is very hard to read from you. And there was one time in the show, you said, "Okay, don't do." I I forgot what you called it, but you said, "Don't do this." All right, two out of three. All right. And I started laughing because I said, okay, she caught me. And ever since then, I've never done that. Whatever the reading says, that's what it is. And I learned that yep. from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do best two out of three. That's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. it's uh, And also, the tarot cards, in a sense, is kind of like bibliomancy because each of the card faces tells a story almost like a book. So that's also something to consider. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's bring Conjurman Ali into this. Um, uh, she mentioned uh, the use of the Quran. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about how the Quran is used in bibliomancy. Yeah, the Quran is, is used quite frequently in the Middle East, the very old tradition of, of fortune telling, um, and it's predominantly used by women um, more than, than men, um, but it's part of a series of practices that involve telling the future. There's geomancy, which I practice, um, and it's considered uh, one of the more famous forms of uh, divination. There is uh, astrology that goes with it. And then there are uh, the forms that are aimed towards guidance. And the guidance forms of divination involve bibliomancy, dream interpretation, um, looking for signs, and card reading, usually playing cards. Uh, My grandmother, for example, uses dream readings and uh, uh, card readings and bibliomancy. But the Quran isn't the only way of doing bibliomancy. Actually, equally popular to the Quran, particularly in the Persianate world, is the poetry of Hafiz, who is a very famous mystical poet. Uh, And it's known as Fale Hafiz, meaning the... uh, uh, fortune of Hafiz and what you would do is sit around it's usually done as a group activity not as a private activity um, you sit around, you ask a question of a co- compendium of poems Hafiz's poems and they're specific books uh, I can actually take a picture and send them to you uh, they're, they're very beautifully depicted very colorful with flowers and an image of Hafiz himself uh, you use those books, you ask the question and like in the biblical in the tradition of the Bible you allow it to open to whatever page and then you read the first three lines of the poem and the first three lines are is your fall that is your fortune so to speak and so you can ask will I get married and then open up and see what Hafez will say Um, you can ask 
you know, will I get, you know, will my son get better or my child get better from this illness or will I get that job? And you open up the book and you read the first three lines. Now, some people read the entire poem with the first three lines considered the fall, that is your fortune, and the rest of the poem as a device. So it's like, mm-hmm. here's the answer, the yes or the no, here's the advice. And usually Hafiz's poems involve some form of admonishing people, uh, providing, or, you know, t- telling them to be grateful, telling them to be uh, open. There's elements of yearning and longing in there. They're actually love poems, mystical love poems written for the yearning of God. Um, and they're read as, read as fortune books. Now, the Quran, you can do a similar thing with, but it involves a little bit more ritual work. With the Quran, you have to be in a state of purity, so there's sort of a water ablutions that are done. You cleanse yourself, and then uh, you make a prayer. There's even a specific form of prayer sometimes that people make known as a salata istahara, which is the, the prayer of guidance, istahara. And it's like a two rakah. Rakah are the kind of physical movement that Muslims do during the prayer, the kind of kneeling and the bowing. You do two rakahs of that, ask for prayer, and then either you ask for a dream or you open up the Quran and then read uh, what you know where your finger falls, and then that will give you your yes or no. So there's a whole kind of um, a little bit more of an elaborate uh, process when it comes to the Quran. What's interesting about bibliomancy, in my opinion, is that you can actually divide up uh, fortune telling. We've talked about this before. There's kind of two forms of fortune telling. There's interpretive, and there's rational. The interpretives are very subjective. That's card reading, dreams. The rational readings are things like geomancy and astrology. It's about scientific. But there's three forms of divination, in my opinion. There's the kind of deductive, the inductive, and the guidance-oriented. The deductive being you look at kind of big things and you draw conclusions from them. This would be astrology, right? Measurements of sorts. You measure mm-hmm. things. You know, the, what, where is the sun today? Where is the moon today? And then you mm-hmm. draw kind of conclusions from that. The inductive being a smaller, specific cases, right? So you pull a certain card. You see a certain bird. And then there's the guidance-oriented ones, which is basically putting everything in the hands of something bigger than you. Oh, God, Mm -hmm. give me a sign. You can either read an omen, a dream, and bibliomancy falls in the form of guidance-oriented divination. It's not you. I mean, some people try to do kind of a pseudoscience component to it. Oh, it's the subconscious mind or whatnot. But it's actually you're working with something bigger than you, something that already has the answers, God, the creator, your goddess, whatever it is. You're reaching out, and they are speaking to you, in the form of guidance. And that's what bibliomancy, I think, falls under. Wow. Well, as usual, Conjurman Ali, your, your professorial nature comes to the <laughs> fore. And uh, I don't know if you're following the chat, but people are swooning over your um, wonderful voice and the word ablutions. <laughs> oh, it's such a good word. Isn't it? <laughs> you have fans. I'm fond of it. All right. Thank you very much for that, because that was a that again was another interesting yeah another interesting cultural window that was open. Yeah. And uh, I know I've mentioned this before, but I'm just going to throw in that I was not the only hippie who noticed that you could get incredibly good readings off of um, the Ring trilogy by J.R.R. Tolkien. Because it contains contains so many situations, so many voices, so many pieces of good advice and action-oriented advice. Um, I became quite um, 
uh, adept at it and still use it. You need the all, you need the three volumes. Uh, they should all mm-hmm. match of the of the um, ring trilogy, and then you um, basically shuffle them right with your eyes closed until you find the book that you're going to get. Because otherwise, if you know which book, if you know them real well, you know which ones are going to be dangerous and which ones are going to be loving. So you're just going to shuffle them three three books. Get one book, open it, and uh, it really is a I know it sounds kind of like a crazy hippie thing to do, but it really does work because that book, that three volume set, has so much. So that's more like the poems of Hafez. It's it's yeah. It's well, a it's also it's ah. it's also very fitting because the most the second most popular book used in the medieval ages for bibliomancy was actually Homer's Iliad. So that that's using right. fiction yeah. and an epic is perfectly fitting. Our Lord of the Rings is right within that that's that scope, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, they 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 are both like that. Um, mm-hmm. um, they're very dense. Um, exactly. And uh, and very and very filled with emotional situations. Absolutely mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is probably not as uh, poetic or eloquent, but <laughs> you can also use. I've done this. You can also use street signs. You know, if mm. you um, you're driving around. And you you got a question in your head, and this is another one of those situations where you have to really have the self-discipline to say, okay, whatever I see, I'm going to take this as a reading. I'm not going to dismiss this or change it. And you're driving, and this was great, you know, a great thing to do when you're in a hurry and you you really can't sit down with tarot cards or, you know, get a reading from someone. And you say, okay, the next sign I see, that's going to be the answer. And I've done that um, many times many, many times, and it was very helpful, and I had to have this discipline to say, that's okay, amazing. that's the answer. That's a, that is, yeah, that's, that is fascinating, and um, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's the thing. When we are alert to signs and omens, we get information because all the world is interconnected. Thank you yeah. very much. We're, we're going to go to our readings now, so let's turn all this right. over to um, mm-hmm. Dear Snowden Papa Newt. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Callie Mojo Girl, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home contour remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio, or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Pop Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phone and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling in from area code 518 in northern Michigan. This is uh, Lauren. Lauren, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Uh, We can hear you fine. And welcome to the show. I see this is your first time calling in. Thank you for entrusting us with your situation this evening. Well, thank you for your help. You're welcome. Now, I see you have not had any private readings with Miss Cat or Conjurman Ali, but you did have a reading on the situation uh, within the last week or so. Is that correct? Yep, it was like an Etsy reader. She was doing angel reading. 
Oh, okay, certainly. Thank you. And Lauren writes, I am married, but I fell in love with my coworker. He let me on, then decided he didn't want anything from me. He claims he still finds me sexy, but that he doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't ever want to be with me. My marriage is miserable, and we were trying to figure out if we were going to divorce or not. I am at a crossroads here. I am at the opportunity to find a new job and possibly save my marriage or stay at my job and see if my coworker changes his mind. My angel reading said that both my husband and coworker are in my future. I'm just confused what to do. I love them both. If I leave my job, is there still mm. a chance for my coworker and I if my marriage doesn't work out? Turn it back to you, Miss Cat. Oh dear. Dear, dear, dear. Uh that's a very complex situation and um mm. I'm I'm going to ask you a couple of questions before we go to the readings, okay? Number one, what sign are you? I am a cancer. Uh, my birthday is in July. Okay. So that's good because you are capable of real committed love, um, and and that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And so this must be a difficult situation for you because cancers are such trusting and and um, you know, deep-hearted, deep-feeling people. And uh, what sign is your husband? Uh, Well, both of them are Aries, actually. Both of them are Aries. Oh, Oh, my word. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Contramanali gave it away. Oh, dear. (laughs) He just blurted it out. (laughs) I thought Um, I was on mute. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. He blurted it out. Um, so um, that is a problem, and um, because Aries and Cancer are at what they call cross purposes, um, and they, uh, oh dear, is right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I'm going to do a reading for you on that. Um, you may have found yourself a little overwhelmed by the um, the forcefulness of these two people. And uh, you're you you may be at a disadvantage here, in terms of sheer power, and um, you know. And I I, I I'll see what I get. Okay, I'm going to throw three cards. Card number one, very good card. It is the high priestess. So the high priestess is a woman dressed in a garment that looks like water. It's just all like she has a whole watery dress on. She has behind her a pomegranate. That reminds me. Do you have any children? I have two. Two children with this husband? Yes. Yeah, because she has, the pomegranates have seeds and they're bursting open and we always say that's a fertile woman. It's a woman who has children or has had them. So that's good. This is definitely you then, right? And uh, she has the moon at her feet and she has a crown with three moons, full moon and the waxing and waning moon. So those are cancer. Cancer is ruled by the moon. She also has a cross on her bosom, Christianity, and a scroll of the, says Torah, the Jewish law in her lap. So she call her multicultural. She's a person who's able to deal in different um, uh, realms, but very much ruled by the moon, very watery, um, very emotionally intense. And the children, are they grown or are they still in the home? Oh, no, two tiny babies. One's two and a half and one's one. Oh, lady. Oh, lady. Yeah, this is difficult. This is difficult. And And so this card says that you have a lot of wisdom here. This is, mm-hmm. if nothing else, a huge learning experience for you. But it is something mm-hmm. that you'll be able to handle. It's a, the, the high priestess is a woman of great character, honesty, 
sincerity, and someone who is able to do what she has to do to survive. Not in a not I don't mean in a scrabbling way, but really by making the best, most compassionate decisions and taking the the long look. I'm going to throw a card down for the um, the coworker. Okay. Just see where the coworker, and then I'm going to throw one for your husband. Okay, that's what I'm going to get. I'm going to three cards here. So um, the coworker, I don't have a very good card on, unfortunately. Uh, the coworker, I have the seven of of pentacles. So this is a man with a garden. He has a big bush, and on it are a lot of fruits or vegetables, like big squash plant. And he has one that has a whole lot of stuff on it. And then he has a little one off to one side that he never quite kills out. He has a hoe, he's chopping weeds out. He never kills the little plant, but he's not looking at it fondly. And so what I would say is that his goal is somebody else or something else or some other form of lifestyle. He will never cut you off, but that doesn't mean he will elevate. He will never cut you off, but he will never look upon you with the idea of making you a wife is what I see here. So he will stay in your life. He's not he's not exactly um uh cruel, but he doesn't want to be with you and he's looking to something else already. Had he chosen you, he would have let you know he didn't choose you. But he's one of these guys who doesn't want to look back on his own life and say, what a cad I am. I broke this woman's heart. He says, well, she's just a little part of my life now, and he's diminished you to this little this little thing. Okay, Not so good. Not a good outcome. doesn't make him to be an evil, evil person, but certainly someone who has his eye fixed on another future for himself. Now I'm going to throw one for the husband. Okay? So um, the one for the husband is kind of ambiguous. Um, it's the three of wands. So this shows a man with a with a torn cloak that he has patched, and he's standing on a hill, looking out over a bay of water. With on the other far shore, it's like a Contra Costa County beckoning him across the San Francisco Bay, and um, and he he has um, or it could be a big lake. He has three wands stuck in the ground. And his clothes have been torn and patched. He's waited a long time for something good. The sunset is coming, and he's got his back turned to us. I would say that your husband may be um, your husband may be waiting for a while, but he feels pretty threadbare. He feels like he didn't. Does he know about all of this? He found out recently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's feeling pretty hurt. His back is turned. He was a magician. This this guy is similar to the card of the magician with his back turned. And he he's feeling he's feeling bereft. It's possible that the you know, he sees three little ships coming in at the last moment. It is possible that if you really work on this you can save the marriage. But you will have to do a lot to bring joy back to his life cuz he's got his back turned and is kind of like Oh well, it's it's hard on him. It's definitely hard on him. Uh interestingly enough, both of these men are dark haired uh in the picture. They look very similar, like almost the same actor portrayed both of them. There are similarities between these two men. They both have sort of curly dark hair in my drawings, but they they have a sort of an active uh, look to them. And um and you sit facing forward between the two. Um Personally, I look at these cards, I'd say um, the 
the husband looks like the better choice. The guy, the other guy is never going to be yours. That's my guess on it. I mean, not guess. Mm-hmm. It's my interpretation of these cards. Um, mm-hmm. So let's see um, what um, uh, Kali Mojo Girl has to say. Hi there. Um, yeah, I I pulled these cards actually before as the show was beginning. I I, I kind of do that. Um, and then I write notes, and then I just kind of wait. And first card I got was um, Five of Cups. I'm using the Housewife Tarot. Uh, I don't know if anyone's seen that. It's it's really a fun deck. It's it's kind of in the oh, yeah. spirit of Anne Tintor. Yeah, it has a, mm-hmm. a lot of very like 1950s kind of imagery on it, and kind of sarcastic. But I get really good readings from it. So, and I get the Five of Cups. And um, you said you had two children. Two of the cups are standing up, and there's olives in them, and there's hope. There's the future. And I had written under the cup, notice the blessings in the situation. And I think um, focusing on your children is your best bet because these guys, um, I got a couple of cards underneath that card to kind of clarify that card. One of them is the king of wands. The wands in the um, housewife's tarot are actually cleaning implements. So here's this guy sitting on the couch, and he's got these wacky, he's created this wacky, I don't know what you want to call it, contraption, and it's got mop on it, and it's got all these cleaning implements. He looks like he's high on something, and he's got a wrench, and he's very proud of himself. And it, um, when I get when I pull this card in a reading, it's a guy who's just not worth the time. He's, 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 it's pretty much like Miss Cat said, um, I, I think it's the energy of the guy at your job. He's, he's just he's just going to keep spinning you around in circles. You know, he's really proud of himself that he can keep all these balls in the air, and uh, it's just not worth your time. And then, um, can you can I interrupt for a second? What is your your first card? The first card was the Five of Cups. Five of Cups. Okay, and, great. Okay. The yeah, second. and sometimes I'll put I'll put a card underneath it just to clarify that one. The second card I I haven't gotten to yet. It oh, was okay. the moon. Okay, got it. Yeah, I hadn't gotten to it. I'm sorry. I know you're typing notes and it's confusing when it. Oh, I'm trying to make notes here. Like that's that. all. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just back to that five of cups. Another clarifying card I put underneath it was the nine of wands. And mm, in this particular okay. um in this particular picture, um, it's a lady. She's way high on a ladder and she's balancing herself, and um, she's holding a bucket. But she's smiling. She's trying to keep it all together. But she's in a very precarious situation, and that kind of sounds that kind of sounds like it describes your situation. You got the you got the marriage on one hand, and the the gentleman at work on the other hand. The second card I got was the moon, mm-hmm. and this is a lady. She's sleeping on a like a Serta mattress or something. She has her pond cold cream, and um, basically the the feeling I get from this one is that you're really not listening to your intuition. You know, I mean, I'm glad you called the show, and I'm glad you know you're you're getting a second set of eyes on your situation. But you know what you got to do, and your intuition is telling you something that you really don't want to hear, and you know the path that you have to take. And I, it's not for me to say, you know, whether to cut, cut off the guy at work or leave the husband or what. But this is something you are deeply intuitive. And as Miss Kat said, I can feel you're deeply uh, loving and caring woman because my heart right now, in my heart center, my heart chakra is just very heavy right now. I can I can feel your heaviness. That's because you love so much. 
And um, underneath that, as a clarifying card, underneath the moon card, I pulled the Ace of Swords. And that's that's a lady with a big butcher knife. You know, she's got a, her hand, and she's holding a butcher knife, and she's got a bunch of cake. And every time I get that, it's like you got to cut it loose. Anytime I pull that card, it's, you got to cut it loose. So like I mm-hmm. said, because because this is under your intuitive card, it means you know what you need to cut loose here. It's not really that I need to say. And then right next to that, I have the Seven of Wands as a clarifying card underneath the Moon card. And the picture in this deck is um, seven, now this is going to sound funny, seven toothbrushes cleaning a toilet. <laughs> you guys, you guys got to Google this deck. It's really funny. But whenever I get this card, it means there's a big mess you need to clean up. And it's going to be a lot of work cleaning it up. There's going to be a lot of moving parts. This ain't going to be an easy thing. When you cut this off, whichever relationship you're going to cut off, it's going to be rough. It's going to be really hard. And it's going to be a lot of little pieces that you got to clean up. So it's not mm-hmm. going to be easy, but you know what you need to do. And then the last card I get is the Four of Wands. And like Miss Cat said, I agree with that. You're going to come out on top. In this imagery in the um, in the Housewife Tarot, it's a housewife. She's holding a, a, a cocktail and she's, uh, there's four mops, but the handles are like a hammock, and she's sitting there smiling, and she's holding a book. She's about 50 feet above her house, floating above the house. And this, is, this uh, four of wands in this imagery is always a card of success. So this woman is successful. She's conquered her domestic issues. She's conquered her personal issues. And she's, you know, she's the bomb. She's got that look on her face like, yeah, I'm the bomb. So I think mm-hmm. you'll get through this, but it's going to be a rough a rough journey. That's what I get. Wow. Okay. Um, we got some comments about this Housewives Tarot. I have this deck. I love it. It's really a good deck. Uh, Miss Reese says she's <laughs> got to check it out. Yeah, Miss Reese, you do. It's it's fun. Um, if you like those snarky e-cards type art, this is the deck for you. And it's done very well. It's it's really done well. Let's turn this over to uh, Countryman Ali. He's going to do some root work advice. Yeah, okay. thanks, Lauren. Uh, I'm going to move through this real quickly because I don't have a lot of time. So if you miss anything, it's both in the chat as well as in the archives. You can listen to it and read it. So just bear with me. First and foremost, you're, you're cancer, right? Cancers are always caught up in their feelings. Um, but an Aries will do what they want. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to be more blunt than probably anyone has been with you so far, and that's just me being a Taurus. And i got to say it. You can have passion and sex with an Aries, Right? But love, it's very tricky, very, very tricky. It's very hard to do, particularly when you're caught in the situation that you are. Um, how, long, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking, roughly? I'm 27. I'll be 28 this year. Oy. Okay, so you're headed into your Saturn return, okay? This is, this is the mess, right, that you're stuck in. It's, that's just the reality of the Saturn return. Um, how long have you known this coworker? Is this a new coworker? Has he been at work for a while? Or? It's about six months. We've known each other for about six months. You've known each other for six months. Yeah, that's the Aries thing. Let me tell you something right now. The coworker is a no-go. No matter how much you think you love this guy, he doesn't return your feelings in the same way. Don't set yourself up for hurt because you will set yourself up for hurt. Now, the question is, can you make your marriage survive? Yeah, it can. It's going to take a lot of work. You hurt your husband. That's the reality of it, and that's going to require change, travel, moving something. That three of wands also indicates perhaps a third child. Be aware of that. You need to make a decision, all right? But here's the thing. If you're unhappy in the marriage, 
then it's time to move on from that as well. So what I'm going to do is give you a general love working that will help to sort out your feelings and draw to you the love that you truly desire. And then you can decide to cut these men off or not. It's up to you. My opinion, move on. The damage is done. It's time to find something that truly makes you happy. What you need to do is first cleanse yourself, okay? I want you to get uh, uh, a mirror brand new that you're going to hang up uh, for yourself, somewhere where you'll look at it. It could be in your bedroom, but not quite facing your bed yet if you don't want to stay with your husband. Um, also get a white plate, a brand new one. Get some pomegranates. We have pomegranates in the card. And crush up those pomegranates to get some juice. Add in your menstrual blood. On the plate, you are going to write with the pomegranate juice and the menstrual blood your desire. I desire to find love that is fulfilling, that is equal, that is given to me as I truly deserve. Whatever you want, you write it on that plate. Then you're going to get some rue, violet leaves, rosemary, and Queen Elizabeth. Brew this into a tea and mix, dissolve whatever was on that plate into that tea. So you take that pomegranate juice, wash it off the plate, and right into that tea. You're going to brew this into a tea once it's uh, cool enough for you to touch a little bit, not cold, but a little cooler. Take it and very lightly wash the mirror that you have picked. Take a little uh, uh, handkerchief or whatever, and you're going to wash that mirror. You're going to wash that mirror. You're going to take the rest of this, and you're going to bathe with it. While the mirror is drying, draw yourself a bath. Pour in the tea, add in some milk, some honey, wash, and let yourself air dry before the mirror. Take that white plate, write down what you are looking for in a partner, your intentions on a piece of paper. Place it underneath the plate. Take a pink candle, anoint it with love me and come to me oil, and melt it at the bottom of it and stick it to the middle of the, of the plate. Around it, in a ring, sprinkle Damiana, Cuba berries, place two rose petals, sugar, and violet leaves. Burn all of this down in front of the mirror. Take the herbs and the sugar, place it into a bag, close it up, and feed it your favorite perfume. Wear that perfume. Every day, stand naked before that mirror and call out to your lover, wherever they are. And when your lover finally appears, move the mirror to in front of your bed and anoint it with your joint sexual fluids from the first time you guys had sex. That's the working I have for you. Woof! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go back and it's in the chat somewhere yeah. and it's in yeah, that's amazing. All right. Thank you very much. That was an incredible spell, Holly. Um and we're gonna turn this over to conjure uh, to excuse me, Papa Newt. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code uh, 608 in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And this is uh, Alex. Alex, are you there? 
I am. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to the show. I see that you're, this is your first time calling in. Thank you for entrusting us with your situation this evening. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, now, I see that you have not had any readings with Miss Cat or Conjurman Ali, but you did meet uh, Miss Cat at the shop before. Um, and you have not gone to any other readers and reworkers on this situation. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. All right. And she writes, I had a, brief, uh, I had a bad breakup with a, a business partner. Hello? She has a uh, – yep, we can hear you. Um, okay. She, uh, she has a large sum of money and harbors a, a grudge as results for, of the uh, dissolution of our partnership. She is doing everything in her power to ensure that I get a, uh, as little of my money back as possible. I have created a poppet, baptized it in her name, in the freezer. We both have uh, lawyers involved, and I would like to know what I can do to protect myself, stop her, and hopefully make the outcome work in my favor. Turn back to you, Ms. Cash. Hi, Alex. I know who you are. Um, hi, Ms. I'm really <laughs> Hi. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about this. It sounds terrible. Um, and um, this is, um, I, I hope, is something that can be resolved in your favor. You're not asking for a reading exactly. You'd like to know what you can do to protect yourself, stop her, and uh, make the outcome work in your favor. So um, I'm going to suggest here that Ali and Kali Mojo Girl and I will talk about workings, mm-hmm. okay, rather than doing a reading. Um, now, okay. I'm going to say something to start with. Um, you said you had put her in a freezer, and Miss Michael took the words right out of my mouth. Put your opponent's lawyer in the freezer, too, okay? Ah, um, okay. Miss Michael said it before I could even say it. You want to freeze that lawyer. You want to slow things down. But what you want to slow down is the legal outcome. But on the other hand, don't you want to speed up the payment? So I'm going to turn this over to Ollie first. We're going to talk about slowing them down but speeding up the settlement, and maybe a freezer isn't quite the right thing. We're not sure yet. So, Ali, take it away. Thanks, Ms. Gatt. Now, I had pulled some cards, and I'm going to use those cards to guide my consultation. And the mm. first card that came up was the emperor, and that means that you've got to work the judge or the mediator or whoever is going to kind of arbiter this situation. You need to deal with that person, and that's going to be important. Lawyers are great. You can have the best lawyer in the world, but if you have a mediator or arbiter or judge or magistrate who is not in your favor, then that can be a serious problem. And so you want to start a honey jar as soon as possible. Now, honey is classically used in two situations, in love work and in the court case work. In every other issue, we generally used sugar back in the way we worked in Virginia and Conjure. For money issues, for all that stuff, it was always sugar. But for court cases, I mean, I used to know people that had court case honey jars that went on for years, uh, just big I'm, old I'm sorry. jars. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I really apologize to interrupt. But one piece that um, Newt left out was that we aren't going to court over this. It's only going to be settled out of court. Okay, so it's not enough is, money. Okay, let me let me ask then very quickly: Is there a mediator if it's out of court? Right now, it's just between the two lawyers. 
And you're going to okay. have to have someone come in and deal as a third party. And that third party okay. needs to be someone that you is on your side. The two lawyers okay. going at it is not going to be enough. And this is why I said judge, mediator, arbiter, or magistrate to cover all those bases. You are Thank going you. to need that third person. And that third person has to be on your side. And you use – this is why the emperor card came up. This is why you use a honey working. You're going to take that person and you're going to put them into a honey jar in order to get them on your favor. You're going to add in deer's tongue. You're going to add in five-finger grass, a pinch of calamus, little John to chew. All of that is going to be placed in there along with your lawyer and along with the mediator, arbiter, whoever that third person is. And that is a person that likely will come to an agreement between the lawyers, right? That person is all going to be placed in a honey jar, and you're going to burn brown candles with court case oil on top of it. This is to get that person favorable towards you. Any documents, any paperwork, anything that you have to uh, submit or that your lawyer is going to present, have them first give it to you. You are going to dust it with court case powders and let it sit under that honey jar for at least three days before you give it back to the lawyer or whatnot, and then they're going to handle it. This way you have some physical contact. If, if you actually have to go in with your lawyer to a room, make sure that in your pocket you carry five-finger grass, tobacco, and salt. These three in your pocket will ensure a favorable outcome towards you. This is going to be my recommendation. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a warning that even though that emperor card came up and said you've got to work whoever is going to be the mediator or whatnot, there's a further indication that getting the money itself may not be um, as large of a sum as you would hope. You're probably not going to get the full amount, but you can do root work to ensure you get a lot of it because the card that I have here is the Four of Pentacles, and the Four of Pentacles is the miser king. It's not the full amount you may hope for, but root work can help to turn this around a little bit in your favor. So for me, honey jar working on the mediator, judge, arbiter, whatever, uh, powders on the papers, and carry with you tobacco, salt, and five-finger grass. And I'm going to turn this over uh, to Kelly Mojo Girl and then Miss Kat, and they'll both join in to give you further root work advice. Okay. Hi. Oh, Ms. Kat, you had something to say? Oh, okay. Um, no wonder I got an Ace of Pentacles in this. So I pulled the Ace of Pentacles. This is about money. And also I pulled, uh, which in this deck is uh, it's a lady with a, a washing glove and a, and a really nice uh, china plate with a pentacle in the middle. And then um, I also got a Six of Swords, which is like a a lady walking and saying, so long, sucker. And uh, she's walking on top of the knife handle. So the knife, and I'm getting a real sharp feeling from the knife tip. So really, really, really dig into the spell work that you're doing. And I think you're doing a great job because you're already, you're, you're already taking a path with it and using a freezer spell or whatnot. I would also do some sort of um, spell work that was, like Miss Kat said, also bringing the money to you, like keeping your money with you. And so that you don't, you know, lose your money, any more of your money in this situation. And um, this is kind of a weird thing that I do. When you do your spell work to, to get your energy really raised up, play some music in the background 
And I know this is going to sound, you know, kind of naughty, but um, Rihanna has a song. It's called Bitch Better Have My Money. And um, <laughs> yep. uh, if I were you, I would turn that up really loud and just, you know, start dancing. And, Bitch better have my money. Pay me what you owe me. <laughs> like that. I'm serious. And then do your, yep. anytime you're doing your spell work, just keep your energy up, you know. And then when you're done with your spell work, you know, bring your energy back down. But I use music. I incorporate music. Again, it's kind of that same thing we were talking about in the, middle, in the beginning of the show is that dots and the signatures. And I use a, a song that goes with the situation of the spell work I'm trying to do. So that was, that's my chance. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. Okay. I'm going to throw in some things here. Um, Ali said you may not get the full sum because the Four of Pentacles it was one of the cards. And I don't know if you know that card, mm-hmm. but this is a guy holding on to three coins, and there's a fourth coin over his head. And I always take this to be a ratio of one to four, three to four. So you may get three-fourths of your money, but you won't get all your money. That's how I would have called that card. And uh, so he mm-hmm. and I kind of see that card the same way. I um, also, as I was typing in what his instructions were, I was adding over and over, pay me, pay me, pay me, because um, – Court case is one thing. Mediation is one thing. The lawyers are one thing. But you also do want that money. Bring me the money. Pay me. So I would um, dust all the paperwork with, say, court case and pay me. Now, you know, if you don't want to say, oh, it's not in court, there's another way to go. And that is that is a um, – and it depends on your religion. Uh, but if you are a, a Catholic in particular, but some some uh, Protestants will use it too, there is a formula called just judge. And it is not um, a judge in the sense of a guy in a robe in a, in, behind a bench in a courtroom. But just judge is actually an image of the crucifixion of Christ. And the idea is that Christ was not brought before a just judge, as we know. And so what I recommend with just judge is the idea that you're asking to be judged fairly. And um, it doesn't necessarily have to do with, um, uh, it's karmic. You see what I'm saying? It's it's universal. It's it's deity-centered. But I would add pay me to it. Um, and uh, I think that the idea of the honey jar would work either way. Just judge, you can put them all three together. Just judge, court case. You can also add King Solomon wisdom. Some of us uh, folks think that King Solomon was, he was a judge over Israel, and if you don't want to go to court again, King Solomon is a good one for impromptu mm-hmm. decisions. Okay? So those are some of the ideas um, to adjust the paperwork with. Now, I'm going to say another thing about this. Um, this Putting this person in the freezer and their lawyer in the freezer is a good idea, but I'm going to tell you something to you want to warm up your lawyer so maybe you put your lawyer in that honey jar too and maybe you put yourself maybe you want you know you put in write your prayer on a piece of money or whatever it's going to be but you want to warm that up so um you can um, put a few little tea lights around it around the honey jar um um just to symbolically to warm it come on keep that honey liquid so to speak and keep it keep that good stuff coming when you go in to the meetings that you're going to have with this person, mm-hmm. I would like you to have something of that person in your shoe. Um, for instance, a um, business card or, a, better yet, a signature, something in your shoe. So you're going to wear a paper in your shoe. 
And um, that paper is you're going to tap on with your foot. And uh, that is going to be to keep, um, uh, you know, that person under your control. Now, you can take that paper. Let's say we have a, a signature or whatever that this person signed something with you. And you're going to mm. take and you're going to dust that with um, compelling so that they have to tell the truth. Compelling. You're going to dust it with controlling, another one. You're going to dust it with pay me. Right? These are the things you're going to put on that paper. Just dust it nicely. Um, uh, another one is um, do as I say, or um, another one might be, um, well, just any of those dominating. Domination is another one. Um, you can make your own blend of, of those sachet powders, and whatever one appeals to you is the one you use. Um, and But pay me should be part of it. Pay me is part of it. And um, if you are right-footed, you're going to put this in your right shoe. If you're left-footed, you're going to put it in your left shoe. And mm-hmm. it is often common to put in the other shoe, the non-dominant shoe, you're going to put the name of Jesus' 12 disciples, if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. and so that they are your witnesses and they stand by you. 12 disciples in the non-dominant mm-hmm. shoe, the the person that you're contending against. Now, some people will say, don't put Judas with the twelve, with the disciples, because he's bad, <laughs> and some people put Judas on the name of the person who's betrayed you. Put Judas on that side. Different people do it different. I tend to want to put Judas oh. with my betrayer. You see, you're the Judas. Everyone else is the good guys. You know, Thomas and John and all of Peter and all the nice yep. guys, right? Right? With Jesus in with them. Jesus, that's the just judge, and all the nice disciples. Judas on the side of the betrayer. And um, you can put for use for if you want to powder that other piece of paper. Uh, sometimes people will stand and draw an outline of their foot, and um, and you you just um, outline your foot on a piece of paper. Just stand there and outline your foot and cut inside that outline. I know you're a crafty person. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to write all that in there, and you're going to dust that. So it'll just go in your insole. It'll fit right inside your shoe, and um, and you're going to write all those names, and then you're going to say, "Stand with me." in my time of trial. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. So and uh, so that that's you now you have papers in your shoe. Okay? And that is a very positive way to work when you go into the meeting. And Ollie said you want that five finger grass in your pocket, you want some uh, you know uh things like that to get what to get your way. Okay? Um yes. You know, and uh, add something? I'm sorry. Yes. Oh this is Lisa um, I'm sorry, I just said any. Um, I was thinking a a skull candle too, like do a skull candle and talk to the friend, like maybe really late at night when she sleeps, like you know two in the morning or something, and use the oils that Miss Cat um, named earlier, the compelling, the pay me, the do as I say, and just try mm-hmm. and reason with her. Domination say, you know too. what? You've yeah. known me for a while. I mean, just you know, do you really want to do this? Don't you think it's right to just pay me and just keep doing this for maybe three nights? You know. Yeah, I think that's very good. A skull candle is good. There's also at my website, there's something called the Green Devil Pay Me Spell, and you may have mm-hmm. run across it. Um, the Green Devil Pay Me Spell, I think, is at luckymojo.com slash devil.html, something like that. Okay. You can find it. I've printed it in a couple of books, too. And it's uh, you're gonna, you can burn their name. You just very slightly, lightly begin to singe their name a little bit at a mm-hmm. time and then put it out, and you keep on singeing it, singeing it. But d- definitely 
the idea of the skull candle is good. And in the chat room, I just have to say, my darling husband said, get some of Perry Mason's graveyard dirt. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a, of course, Perry that Mason's. That might be challenging, but. <laughs> well, no, he's a fictional figure, but there's some there's a reason that Nagashiva mentioned this. In if you are ever a fan of Perry Mason or watch the old Perry Mason shows, they're often yeah. about business deals gone bad. They are about mm-hmm. people defalcating on money. They are about business yeah. owners, um embezzlement, cheating, fraud. That's a real theme in Perry Mason. The author True. of those books was Earl Stanley Gardner. Go to Earl Stan, and he was a, a lawyer himself. Go to Earl Stanley Gardner's grave and get some graveyard dirt. If anyone wants to send me Earl Stanley Gardner's graveyard dirt, I'm up for it. Um, that's just a, a hope. Um, and um, and Earl Stanley Gardner uh, would be a good guy to have stand in your corner. But any kind of hot shot lawyer would be good. Any kind of business lawyer. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I have a quick question about the skull candle. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I was under the impression that when you begin a skull candle, you need to burn it until it's completely gone. And you suggested burning it for three nights. Should I continue it or just three nights and then dispose of it? Well, you know, there's um, one time Miss Cat had mentioned this, and it was funny because I was like, yes, I love those things. There's this vodka, the skull skull vodka or something. What is that called? Yes. It's a clear, yeah, it's shaped like a skull. It's a vodka bottle. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. you can actually do is you can actually, you can put stuff in there, like, you know, you can fix the bottle. You can actually, like, and then you could um, put, like, you could put a petition paper. You could cross her name and, you know, pay me, write pay me over her name nine times or whatever. And then you can um, put that underneath or inside the bottle, and then you could take a, a four-inch candle and you you know uh, dress the candle with the oils that Miss Cat um, mentioned, and then you can actually just start you know talking the prayer while that candle's burning. They don't burn that long, you know. Mm-hmm. So you could do that, and you could do that three oh. nights. You know, I I just yeah. said three That's nights, just brilliant. throwing it out there. You know? Yeah, so and I'm gonna I'm night. just gonna I gotta jump in. I gotta jump in. If you do this, do not have the vodka in the bottle with the the candle jammed into the neck. Do not do that, okay, because it will fucking blow your house up, okay? So we're either talking get the vodka out. Miss Michael says you can buy the empty bottles on um, eBay. True, 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 because a lot of drinkers just drink it and sell the bottles. Um, Oh, my. uh, Those are really great because you can reuse them. Yeah, you can, be, oh. you can fill it with honey if you want. Make a honey jar out of it. Thank yeah. you so much. for That was a good laugh, and I really appreciated that. I needed it. Uh-huh. Um, but And that's also such a good solution because the skull candles are so big and so hefty. You know, yeah. even yeah. the smaller well, ones we have take little ones. forever to we burn. Have, we have little ones now, too, but, but you're right. Papa Newt just made a great suggestion. You can make the bottle into an oil lamp. If it's a smaller empty skull that. bottle yeah. and with a wick that. in it, yep. but don't yep. be using Great the idea. vodka, okay? Not the vodka. <laughs> You're using regular time. oil. Okay. All right. Well, we've we've got a lot of solutions for you, and I hope that you things go your way. All righty. Woof. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> turn this over to the uh, to the network we schedule announcement. Mm-hmm. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, 
Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Callie Mojo Girl in Sacramento, California. Take it away, Callie Mojo Girl. I still can't believe I prescribed a Rihanna song for spell works. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, did I just tell her that? Um, so when I was um, thinking about bibliomancy and like Conjurman Ali said, um, the Iliad uh, and some of these other classics were actually used for bibliomancy I was like she that's that's brilliant you know use a book that um use a book that is meaningful to you and with uh you know besides the bible there's other uh books and so what I was um and as you might know from a, a few shows ago I had called in asking about for advice about a new job I got as an art teacher for children so I'm around kindergartners a lot and first graders and so I'm thinking crafty things because this is kind of my world right now. So uh, I would I would uh, challenge or encourage uh, listeners to create your own divination deck and using bibliomancy. And so this is a, this is a little more fun than using a book because if you're just starting this, you might be a little intimidated and you know think it's all serious and everything. You can tell. I kind of like to incorporate a lot of fun into my reading work. You know, I use the Housewives Tarot and so on. So I'm going to say um, just get some um, popsicle sticks. That sounds crazy. Uh, they have them at like the dollar store in a whole pack. And uh, just get some popsicle sticks and just try this. This is for like the total beginner person that has just never done divination before. And I think you'll have fun with this. And... Um, Get your your favorite book. I think Miss um, Cat had mentioned a book by J.R.R. Tolkien, and I think that's a great suggestion. Or Lord of the Rings, or or anything that really strikes your fancy. Um, underscore maybe about I don't know how many popsicle sticks are in that pack at at the dollar store, but underscore maybe you know bookmark maybe like twenty different things out of your book, whatever your chosen text is. And they can just be little blips, you know, kind of like when you are opening a fortune cookie and there's that piece of paper, you know, it, it, it's very similar to that. So it's not going to, it's not, you know, a whole paragraph. It's just whatever jumps out at you. And so, you know, bookmark all of those and inscribe them onto your popsicle sticks. And then I want you to smoke those, consecrate those popsicle sticks that they're going to be used for your reading work that your ancestors are going to um, help guide you in life and utilizing those and that you're going to grow in wisdom and grow your own intuitive skills. So pray over these things. And um, I, I know this is a weird thing, but I like to bury something under the ground for three days before I use it. So as you, as you see in the slideshow there, um, I'm, I'm sitting out, uh, I'm sitting out in the, um, on a hike one day, so I, I'm outside outdoors a lot, so I like to work with nature. So whatever way that you like to consecrate something, 
do it. Um, I like to bury things by an oak tree. Maybe that's my inner druid or something, but for some reason the oak tree just seems like the right thing to do. And then I uncover it, and it's ready for use. I feel like the earth has cleansed all the BS from it, and it it will give clear reads. And then um, when you go to read, you could use um, Lucky Mojo has a lot of pro- products like um, Psychic Vision or Clarity or or something like that to kind of help you. You can burn the incense as you're reading, or um, you can actually smoke your sticks. Um, using that, and just uh, that's a very old technique of um, putting magical energy into something. There's black cat products, which are, are very magical. And just um, take a situation in your life and, you know, have a paper by so you can kind of um, keep track of what you're, do- what you're doing and do a reading on it and make a note of what the reading is and see if, you know, three or four weeks later, um, Miss Cat likes to work with three, so three weeks later or three months, um, see what the change is and um, see how that works out. Wow. Um, now, this is interesting to me because this is very much a, a, a combination with an Asian style of working that are, are something called chi, chi, no, chi-chi sticks. Um, oh. chi, see, chi-chi sticks... Um, this is a this is an old um, uh, what are they called? Also called Tian Cheng sticks. Um, come see, there's uh-huh. a whole bunch of different Asian names for them. It's usually 78, I believe, or sticks in a tube, and um, they used to sell them in, in San Francisco, Chinatown. You you shake them in the tube. You take the lid off the tube. You shake them, and then one will jump out. You just keep on shaking it and tipping it toward the horizontal until the first stick jumps. That's your answer. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you they, just, yeah, yeah, you could use that message, that that a message, sure, yeah, yeah. With the, with so the this is, so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Papa Newt's ahead of us. Cow sim, but I'm sure it's pronounced like, like I said, we call them chichi sticks. They come in a box called chichi sticks. Yeah. Um, you know uh-huh. what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, you know, yeah. And then you're going to make a list of what a, a journal of what you did and compare the results to the outcome. That's a very good way to learn. That's um, a way to learn. Yeah. I, this so this and, is this is phenomenal. Now, in in the use of the chi chi sticks, usually you go to a there there is a temple of um of Kuan Yin that they're done at they're done at temples of Kuan Yin, and the um you know you you pay someone to do it for you usually or you can you know you you give a little donation, and there is right. a there are people who have all of them memorized right. So mm-hmm. they then wow. they then will read it to you. You you got this number, this character. That's what this is. But you can also, when you buy the Chi-Chi sticks, they come with a book that is basically little fortune cookie type aphorisms and predictions for you. Interesting. You can, um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the article at Wikipedia, which Papa Newt pointed out, I have to say I was one of the authors of that a long time ago. I, I um, Chi-Chi. Here it is. Chi Chi Chien Tong Kao Sim Gyang Tong Dice Cup with Dice JPEG. <laughs> so oh, my. Points it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chi Chi was just a name that they used, I think, in America to um, so that it would Short be name. more pronounceable. But there's so many different yeah. Asian languages. They, you know. Um, wow. So this is basically a that. homemade way to do it. But the but homemade. instead of using the pre-made stuff, you're going to get a book or a book that you like, and you're going to write these on your own popsicle sticks. What a wonderful yeah, because people 
Mm-hmm. People have an energetic connection to that, and and this is harkening back to that theme of you know the African part of my heritage, is that mm. in Africa they would have their own drums, and it was important to make your own drum, not go buy one at the market. You had to make it from scratch, and you have mm-hmm. an energetic connection to that drum. Yeah, well, you're also yeah. channeling something very Asian there because that was that was remarkable, very much so, yeah. and you didn't know what you were talking. I mean, you didn't know about these, right? No, I did not. I did not. That's yeah, really yeah, weird. yeah. See, this is yeah. true. That's a true psychic moment. Let's just all pause and and say, "Wow, okay, that was that was amazing." And I know Ollie knows what I'm talking about, right, Ollie? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, far and see, what out. was coming to me was to um to soak them in sandalwood, um, uh-huh. some kind of sandalwood concoction because my grandmother mm-hmm. she really likes she thinks sandalwood is very magical, so I I try to okay. honor that. All right. Thank well, you for thank having you. me, Ms. Yeah, so much. Let's turn this thank over you. to Papa Newton. He's going to read our announcements, and then we'll all come back and say bye-bye. Thank you, Miss Cat and Ponderman Ali, and thank you, Kelly Mojo Girl in Sacramento, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us the topic on psychics in the modern world. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraman Ali at thecontraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Pop New, joining you from popnew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Who You Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. All right, guys, time to buy your tickets for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. That will be May 11th and 12th, 2019. You can go to hoodooheritagefestival.com and get your tickets. We have a great lineup of people. We have workshops galore. There are going to be many books included in the price of your ticket. And, of course, all the workshop materials you need to make the things you're going to take home with you. This is not a lecture class. These are actual workshops. So, hoodooheritagefestival.com. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. So let's say good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. <laughs>